Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. If you missed the first half hour of the show, you missed Ken Holland, Evans Oilers general manager, confirming that despite the fact that uh, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Evander Kane have not been on the ice the last couple days for practice, that all three will be playing tomorrow. This is Oilers Now. Where guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 to 10 p.m. Tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers now sent you. As we bring aboard Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. He wrote the definitive book on the Battle of Alberta, and now he's going to need to write a new chapter. Live Thoroughbred Racing is back at Century Mile Racetrack each Friday and Saturday. For more info, check out thehorses.com. Hello, Spec. How you doing? Doing great, Bobby. There you go. Tweeting out the news, crediting Oilers now that Drysaddle, Kane, and RNH will all play in game one tomorrow. Yeah. Not surprising, but maybe a little comforting for Oilers fans. You never know sometimes. Right? Yep, absolutely. Well, let's uh, first, uh, Mark, let's, let's get into this. Um, and I, I have subsequently communicated with Todd McClellan uh, after the conclusion of the series. Okay. Um, I, I think that for some of the people in L.A., they kind of thought they were hanging on towards the end, that Edmonton was able to elevate a bit. And, yep. uh, you know, the orders, I think a strong argument can be made. Edmonton played the right team. L.A. did not have Drew Doughty, did not have Victor Arvidsson. That's a, that's Two said, big guys. That said, the Kings gave Edmonton everything they could handle. You actually wrote after game number... Uh, uh, it was a game. Well, it would have been after Game Five, after they won an overtime here, that the Oilers were on the precipice of choking. Uh, I which, said, yeah, I evoked uh, Terry uh, Murray, right, who once coached Philadelphia Flyers, and said that this is a choking situation. I did not predict that they would choke, but what I wrote was, they're in a spot here where they better win, or it's going to be a choke. Yeah, yeah see, I guess it's because when I think of Terry Murray being with Philly back in 97, like, Detroit was just better than them. They were. Right? Much and, better. and when I think, of, you know, and I don't recall if you were already full bore with the uh, Edmonton Journal in 1989, but when the Oilers lost to the Kings that year when they are up 3-1 down, you know what? Like, Edmonton was lucky to be up 3-1 in that series. I I didn't see that as a true choke. Okay. I also didn't see Winnipeg being up 3-1 against Edmonton in 90. Is that being a true choke for Winnipeg? Eh, no. But when the Oilers came back on Colorado in 98, when yeah. given who Colorado had 
with their team. You know, I mean that that Colorado team had Forsberg and Sackick and Patrick Waugh. Yeah. And Cujo just stood on, and that's the thing: you can get goalied in a series. Well, Calgary almost did. Calgary almost did. Almost right? did. Almost did. So, conversely, did the is there a new term that we're going to need to deploy? And that term is McDavid. Did, <laughs> did the LA Kings get? Uh, we just had Ken on. I didn't even mention it to him. I didn't even talk about McDavid because it's just like, like Mark in Game Five when Edmonton was down three one, mm-hmm. and in Game Six and Game Seven. We saw Connor, like I had guys around the league, former players, some of whom I hadn't spoken to in two or three years, like, you know, every abbreviation possible that you can use that you're not supposed to say on the air going, are you, like, stuff, is it as good in person as it appears to be? (laughs) Like, we saw a guy get to a level mark, so did... You know, was it Connor McDavid or was it the Edmonton Oilers? You tell me against LA. Well, you don't win a game, and we've watched in this town what a team with two superstars and no supporting cast looks like for a long time. Yeah, right. It's not a, you can't just win with one guy. When you have a good supporting cast, and then the leader finds a new level, the way McDavid did, you know, now that's you know, now you can actually win playoff series. There's no question that in Game Six and Seven of that series, when Woodcroft put Drysaddle and McDavid together, rejigged his top six a little bit, and and McDavid picked his game up even further. I thought he was very good one through five, got even better. That that broke the Kings. Kings couldn't deal with it. Right, yeah. that's when the series the Oilers took that series away with that smart bit of coaching, awesome bit of playing, and they couldn't handle it. I don't think uh, you tell me. Will they start the series that way, or do you put that back in your pocket, Bob? They call it the nuclear option, and do you pull it out against Calgary? You know, three, four, five games in the series only if you need it. Well, Ken Holland has just stated that Leon, uh, Drysaddle, Evander Kane, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins are all expected to be in the lineup tomorrow because they haven't been at practice the last couple of days. We might not see. Leon practice again, given what happened to yep. him. Like that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, he doesn't need to practice because of what happened to him, Spec. I don't see him playing a lot at center, and as a result, this. I think one of the things. Yes, it was partially Connor, but I also think Jay's deployment. And I know Jason Greger referenced this uh, in a piece that he wrote on Oilers Nation. Um, Jay's deployment of Kane and Hyman. And rotating, you remember what what, what uh, they used to, God rest his soul with Guy Lafleur, but they used to joke that it was the donut line in Montreal, that it was shut and Lafleur in the wings, and they could put, you know, they want that Mahovlich when Lafleur broke out in 74 or 75, <laughs> and then it ended up becoming Lemaire, who's a little bit more defensively reliable. Right. Um, and, and so I think that deployment in game six also change things and, I, and all I need to do is look at the shot chart for the final two games of the series the orders outshot LA and LA LA had four power plays Edmonton had one LA got like 10 shots on the power play yep. Edmonton dr- outplayed LA significantly in the final two games five on five so, 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 so depl- what are you saying to me are you saying to me that because Drysaddle can't skate very you know he's injured uh, he's playing he can't through. play center ice because he can't cover as much ice as he does as a centerman, so he's got to play the wing. So my question to you is, if, if we're going to say that starting this series at least, that we're looking at Leon Dreisaitl as a winger, uh, does he play on the wing in the top line or the second line? Well, he, question he's, he's going to play with Yamamoto, and then they're going to have Hyman and Kane as a tandem, and they're going to rotate McDavid, and they're going to rotate R&H, and they're going to rotate Ryan McLeod, Mm-hmm. And they're going to rotate Derek Ryan through there once in a while as well to give them a little bit different look. And the thing about 
I found against L.A. was the Kings were struggling to find, okay, who's out there with those two guys? Yeah. And those two guys, to me, have changed the complexion of Edmonton's team. Because Kane and Hyman? Because they can bully the ice. Yeah. They're really good on the forecheck. So I don't know. Like, Well, not only did Ken Holland bring in two good players. I mean, Kane... I'm not going to say Kane fell in their lap. You didn't plan on getting Kane. Kane happened halfway through the year. But last summer, the plan all the way was to get Zach Hyman. Yeah. Ken Holloway went outside Zach Hyman. Then, then Kane became available, and they, you know, snapped him up. But my point is this. Not only did they get two good players, two legit top six players, we all knew that coming in. What they got were two players that don't resemble anything like Edmonton already had. Right? They didn't need a couple more you know, skill guys who dangle. They needed guys that play the way. Like Hyman is, you know, he controls a puck. He's a, he's a human cycle. He doesn't need two other players to cycle. He can cycle by himself. Right. Kane is big and strong and tough and comes up and down the wing. He's got and a mean streak. Shoot it. He's got a mean streak. Two players that not only added skill and, and, you know, they're good players, but brought in elements Eminem didn't have. Yeah. No question. Right. To the point that they haven't had to play Fogel the last two games, who was supposed to be brought in to provide some bottom six net drive. Oh, I'd still and I think Fogel he, to be my third line left winger, but he's got to well, be that. That is an interesting point right? because there are people in the analytics community that would say that Fogel should be playing instead of Archibald. That Archibald, if you look at what's happening with Archibald, Nugent Hopkins, and Derek Ryan, yeah. that Edmonton would be better off with uh, Fogel in that spot. That said, Josh, I, I don't know about you, Two things. Number one, I'm surprised that Ken Holland took the chart of the course of action with Josh Archibald, given that he was unvaccinated the way he did. I'm surprised other GMs would have just parked him on LTIR all year and said, you can't play on the road. i got to get a player here. You're yeah. gonna, you're on I So that's number one. Number two, I'm surprised how well he's played. Me too. Like that's... For a guy that hadn't played, you know, we've seen it a million times. Uh, guys hurt a shoulder in training camp they don't come back till December they're behind the whole time for Zach or for Josh Archibald to not look two steps behind the rest of the league here in the playoffs it is I'm completely surprised with I thought he'd come in he'd have the traditional one or two good games where the guy looks great and then he falls off because he can't keep the pace I'm uh, knocking wood, but you haven't seen that. He's kept good pace. He throws some hits. He's killing penalties. Yep. He's what Josh Archibald's supposed to be for you. You yep. know, he's a nice player. We always liked the player. He kind of fell out of the mix here. We all know why, but he makes you a better team, man. He's a good player. Um, okay. There is another reason why they've gone 11 and 7, and that's because Darnell Nurse is not at 100%, and we're seeing that when teams are trying to drive wide on him. Now, you got to be really fast to do it. Like, Kempe could do it once. It's not every guy that can get that, you know, get that positioning on him with that yeah. sort of explosiveness, right? There's good players in the league, Tay. Like they're fast too. There's good players on other teams too, not just on your team. They're fast <laughs> yeah. too. So that's another reason for eleven and seven. Sure. All right. So we're not surprised that Edmonton came back against LA. Well, no, not at all. Frankly. And, and did Edmonton play the right opponent? Well, I don't know. I mean, listen, Gary Bettman's what does he call it? It's not parity. He calls it competitive balance. Yes. Gary uh, Bettman's competitive balance has taken some years here to really take root, but it's in now, right? Okay, we saw a sweep in Colorado. You know, the eight days, eight days, what did Daryl Sutter call it? Wasted eight wasted days. Wasted eight days. Something Came like to fruition. He was exactly right. They don't lose their goalie, though. I mean, come on. Saros at least steals them one. Maybe the, steals one. Okay, but my point is this. How many game sevens do we have? Five. Five game sevens. So yeah. Gary Bettman's competitive balance has come to fruition. The LA Kings, you know, 
weren't as good as Edmonton, but man, it was close. And give them Dowdy, and it's even closer. Right. So uh, they're a close series. Every team that makes it could beat every other team. I watched Dallas. I watched every game of that Dallas Calgary series. Calgary was better. It wasn't just the goalie though. I'll tell you what, uh, Tyler Sagan had a oh, chance to end that game in overtime. I couldn't player. believe he didn't put Buck in. I'm happy he didn't because I'd rather see this than that. Yeah. But Dallas could have won that series on several occasions. You know, and it's funny. Uh, people say, so who do you want, Dallas or Calgary? And I'm like, well, Calgary's the better team. But Dallas has a, a really good top four. They've got a goalie that's obviously going to be a star in the future. No wow. disrespect to Mar- Markstrom's. Markstrom's got the second best save percentage in the league in the playoffs. Who Smith gave the is edge third. in that series to Dallas in goaltending? Maybe someone did. I didn't. Yeah. But now that it's the over. guy played unreal. Oh, my God, was he good. Yeah, he played unreal. <laughs> All right, so we got what we wanted. Here's yeah. what we're going to talk about next. I mean, Calgary's... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gotta be favored. We know that. Yep. Can Edmonton win the series spec? That's what we're going to discuss when we come back on Oilers Now. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Oilers GM uh, Ken Holland saying in the first half hour of the show that despite not being on the ice for the last two practice days, Leon Dreisettle of Enter Kane and Ryan Nugent Hopkins expected to play uh, against Calgary. I think I heard that Tanev and Chillington were on the ice for the Flames today. I've already got them on my uh, board uh, for being in. All right, uh, just before we get to the matchup, yeah. Uh, had Ken Holland on. Last three years, the Oilers have finished second in the division all three seasons, so they've been a playoff team all three years. That he's been we got here, a guy yeah. that, oh, they were a playoff team uh, in the first year because the pandemic, uh, they were the play-in team. Okay, they were a play-in team that was in second in the division at the time he had shut down. Um, is there vindication? for Ken said, I want to see what this team looks like when the two goaltenders get healthy. Mike Smith, 947, final 12 starts regular season. Mike Smith, 938 uh, in, in the playoff series, head-to-head against Jonathan Quick. Is, is you know, CeCe, Keith on defense, the acquisition of Kulak that people were all, what are you doing giving up a second-round pick for him? Yep. Uh, we had a lot of people that were making a morality play out of bringing in Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. Um where you come down on this with Ken Holland? Well, Ken Holland's done a pretty good job. That's what I would come down on. I mean, this. listen, I, I don't like the word vindication. I would ask you, you know, vindicated to who? Like the people that said Keith can't play because he makes more money than they liked. I get it. He makes a little bit too much money, but he's been a good player, right? The people that, that said CeCe's no good because he had one bad year in uh, Toronto. Toronto two years ago. Well, those people were dead wrong, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Dead wrong, right? You know, I'll say this about Kane, but the morality thing, that to me, that's a completely different topic. We're not going to talk about it here. Uh, I don't think anyone ever doubted that he could play hockey. He's a good hockey player. So if the job of the GM is to bring in good hockey players, obviously he did a hell of a job. That's the best halfway through the season pickup of any player in the league. Yep. Right? You know, bringing in Hyman, pretty good move. Listen, no GM's perfect. Everyone's got a black mark along the way, but... If you're looking at your if GM... If you ask Ken Holland, you know, if the one do-over for him would be the Athanasio trade. That would be the one. Oh, he gave up sure. two number twos for him. He uh, signed... He signed. Did he sign Cassian? 
He signed Cassidy. To a four-year extension. Too much money, but then it was prior to COVID. The cap was supposed to keep going up. Every team in the league has a guy they sign where COVID threw the signing And, you know, that's and again, we've said it, get Cassian in front of fans in the playoffs. He's a different player, and he's been banging bodies every game. And, yeah, he's playing 10 or 11 minutes a game, and you go, well, you paid $3 million bucks for that guy. No, he so he's, he makes too much for fourth line winger. You're about to play. In, in you're a, about to play a team in the playoffs who have a six million dollar fourth line winger, Bob. Yeah, five point two five because right. the Oilers picked up seven fifty. Yeah, okay. whatever. He makes right. six. So there, that's the way it is. Every the team you're playing's got one of those guys, but he makes twice as much. It's the way life goes sometimes. Uh, all right, uh, everybody. I'm the fr- hey. I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. Look, I'm not going to come on an Edmonton radio show of which our team produces and says, "Yeah, I'm taking the Flames in the series." You but know? you'd go on like a Toronto radio show and say that. I would. What I would say is this is going to be a really competitive series, and Calgary's got a really good team. And I'm the guy in the off-season spec last year after yep. Calgary missed the playoffs and said they're going to take a big step forward this year. There was no way Markstrom was going 904. Now okay. the floor is yours. Can Edmonton win this series? Oh yeah, Edmonton can win this series. Sure. It's it's tight, close. You know, I'm glad we saw that 9-5 game at whenever that was. Was that in February? It was lots March. of fun. March. We're not going to see any of those. <laughs> right? Says who? Yeah, I don't see it. The Oilers look, took a long look in the mirror after that one. I don't think we'll see that game again. I'll tell you this, Mark. They, they have nine even-strength goals in that game. Yep. If they play six games against Calgary and don't give up nine even-strength goals, and those, win. they might win the series. <laughs> okay. Uh, Edmonton can win. I mean, what's the question What here? makes Calgary better? Yeah, Calgary, to me, checks a lot of the boxes that are playoff boxes, right? Go. You know, goaltending. Like, I, I'm watching Mike Smith. If Mike Smith keeps his level up, he can match Markstrom. But... Looking at the series before it starts, if you tell me i got to check only one of the two boxes, I'm checking Markstrom okay. over Mike Smith. So is everybody else. Defense. Defense, they got a deeper defense. They have the big two guys as their third pairing that I like in playoff hockey. I like the Z- Zadorov, uh, good Branson pairing in this type of game. I mean, they can't give you that. They don't have those two type of guys. So I think they're a deeper defense there. Frankly, Tano's playing. Shillington's playing really well. That little number four is a pain in the rump, but he's a good player, Anderson. And Hannafin's as good a point man as you need. So I think they got a deeper, better defense. And do they have better, you know, I'm not sure about their depth scoring. If the Flames, if their guys are going, yeah. But they, you know, Tyler Toffoli had one goal on 23 shots against Dallas. So if all those guys get going, I like their depth scoring. Those are the things to me that win playoff series. Goaltending, defense, and depth scoring, that's how you win series. If Calgary can play those cards, if they play those cards, that's why I would favor them in the series. Bob, I would pick them to win. The coach has also won two Stanley Cups and has had a history of being able to suppress shots come playoff time. Yep. And Daryl Knowles is around the playoff game. Shot suppression to me is a big deal. Sure. Okay. Because it's... You know, it's a lot easier for goaltenders to win when they're generally speaking. I mean, you look at what Tommy Sallow did with Edmonton in the early 2000s. Like the Oilers, under Craig McTavish, Edmonton finished second in the league in goals against. Missed the playoffs that year. That's okay. right. Missed the playoffs in 0102. So what do you but, think about the L.A. series where they got 40 shots, but there was only 10 of them that were any good? Like, they were shooting from everywhere. A bunch of crappy shots. Half of them were turnovers, Bob. Again, the series... What about that? The, the series changed in Game 6. Edmonton elevated. Jay Woodcroft made a strategic maneuvering with yep. Hyman, and it came partially out of injury. It yeah, partially yeah. out of... Out of good uh, coaching job. Right? Good he, coaching job. He did job. a good... And the guy in L.A. did a great coaching job just to get his team Get his team through it. So, 
you know, and you're right. It ends up on a 29-save shutout where Mike Smith played very well but did not stand on his head. They suppressed right? shots in the yeah. final two games. 29-save yeah. shutout in Game 7. That was a, a masterpiece, I thought, by the Oilers. Smitty, again, he played well. I'm not taking away from him, but he did not have to stand on his head. One huge key for me, and I had this conversation towards the end of the interview with Ken Holland, is it, it, the Oilers... Gosh, Gallagher and the power play in the regular season. Yes. They got him. I mean, Bouchard got two power play goals in one game. Didn't even play on the power play. It was the only two he scored all year. Okay. Uh, and that was the game on the 15th when the Oilers were taking on some water. And that was a big victory for Koskin. Remember, they won the first game of the year against the Flames. Smith basically outplayed Markstrom in that game. Yes. Then Koski stopped, I don't know what it was, 43 or 46. And then the Flames won the final two games. Uh, but Edmonton lit yeah. Calgary up in the power play. Now, I think the Oilers are a better 5-on-5 team than they've been. Uh, they got better as the season wore on. Oh, for sure. For but sure. Edmonton's power play, like, Dallas got one power play goal. Yeah. Hey, that's, the we watched this with the Canucks for all those years, Bob. They were a better team than Edmonton. They'd come to town, and Edmonton would hang with them and hang with them, and then you'd have to take a penalty off of one of those cycles that the Sedins ran, and they buried you with that power right. play. And that's Edmonton should. That's the team Edmonton is. They've got the best power play. They've got a better power play than Calgary's. They've got more dangerous guys at the top of the lineup than Calgary has. Calgary's a physical team, and, and so... Gonna, so how going to force them to take some penalties. How right? this series gets, I was surprised how many calls early in the first three or four playoff games there mm-hmm. were. And then the Oilers only, by the way, the Oilers only got one power play game in game six and game seven. Yeah. Do you think, though, like just through the first round, Bob, do you think we're kind of taking a, a step in the right direction with playoff refereeing? Do you think we're, do you think that, that the standard in the playoff more closely resembles this first round, the standard in the regular season than in past years? I was surprised how many penalty calls were in the first four games yeah. in each series. But the then teams. they started to tighten it up a bit. Yeah, that's probably fair. Okay. The guys, they, they're less, more hesitant to call it in an elimination game. I get that. But I watched six and seven like you did. I didn't see a bunch of egregious yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, just the, the one that should have been called was the, the play on dry saddle. And I, I did talk to Brad Watson. He said we missed the call. It's we missed in the middle of it's, a big. It's scrum. middle of a They're scrum. watching everybody. Right. But it, it, it was. Sure. He, he goes. We, we missed one there. That sure. probably should have been called. All right, Spec. Here's what we're going to do. You wrote the definitive book, The Battle of Alberta. We're going to revisit 1991 when we return after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.